listening to the Private Citizen podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 107 for Sunday, the 30th of January, 2022. Neil Young is being a dick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Fab. I'm your host. Recording this in my home studio in Düsseldorf. Um, not live this time. Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been very busy, and um, I just I'm doing this in the middle of the night. But um, more more on that uh, later today. We're going to talk about, uh, of course, Neil Young, Spotify, Joe Rogan, censorship. And uh, the whole craziness, another one of these um, crazy stories that I thought um, I had to talk about pretty much immediately. This is as fast as I could 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 make it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show again. Um, I'm not I'm not recording this live. I am, um, as I said before on the show, I'm preparing to take the month of February off uh, to finish my novel. And because something that I've uh, termed uh, hashtag Grim February. My no novel's called Grim Deep, uh, so it will be very grim February for me trying to finish this. Um, but, you know, to do that, of course, I had to do a lot of, get a lot of work done beforehand. Uh, it's kind of like when you take holidays at work, like for a month or whatever, you have to do all this stuff, right? Um, get all, all the stuff done. And it's kind of, turns out it's the same when you're self-employed. So I've been very busy recently. Um and uh, this is why I'm recording this in the middle of the night. Probably, um, um, as you know, um, I'm releasing this on Sunday. I mean, that's that's I just said that, but it's probably going to be late on Sunday as well. Um, and uh, if everything goes according to plan, you'll get another episode uh, tomorrow on Monday, um, and then I'll I'll be off for February. Um, that still leaves me a few episodes behind uh, of course once the show kicks back up in March and uh, as I said before as well I will um, endeavor um, to make that up to you um, at a later date um, so you know expect your uh, 52 episodes uh, a month uh, a month <laughs> Jesus that would be a lot um, a year um, as always you know once a week uh, not every week but um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it up to you. Sorry for this being so late and me missing my Wednesday release schedule, but you know, just couldn't, couldn't be helped. There's just too much to do, and I still have more stuff. But I'm, you know, I'm getting this in now uh, because gonna, gonna get you the content. I really want to talk about this. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's 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 talk about Neil Young, shall we? Um so you've probably heard um what what happened. Um Neil Young has um has gotten his music pulled out, out pulled off Spotify or basically he uh, said to Spotify if you don't uh, kill Joe Rogan's podcast, which is probably the um, most successful podcast uh, in the world right now. Um, although there's some debate on wh whether it's a podcast, I don't think it is. But that will, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that at the end, I think. But um, before we get into that whole story, I want to quickly talk about Neil Young because um, I kind of like Neil Young. Uh, <laughs> um, I I like his music, uh, especially. Um, 
his um his older stuff um i think uh, heart of gold is one of the uh, best songs ever written uh, it's a beautiful piece of music i've actually seen him live once which was a pretty great concert um a very long concert um at the end of which he was uh, jumping up and down um like he was playing like a i think a pretty much i think it was 18 to 20 minute guitar solo at the end of which he was literally jumping up and down on the neck of his les paul um, i think that guitar was done for afterwards but it was fully cranked and you know at the end of the solo he was making noises by jumping up and down on it which was pretty cool um but you know um so i like him i like his music um he's always been a very um uh, difficult figure you know like like a lot of these um really talented people um you know a little bit like bob dylan um although bob dylan's different difficult in a different way but neil young always you know if you if you watch him if you watch like his earliest like television appearances and stuff um you always get the feeling that he doesn't really want to perform um at least not before an audience right he just as he seems to live his songs and love his songs but he doesn't really want to play them for people that's always what i thought and um him being in concert um reinforced that as well i mean even after so many years he's still very much um uh seems like an introvert really um but you know an amazing career an amazing songwriter um but uh i i do not this i i really disagree with him on on this um yeah uh, i you know the the i named this episode neil young's being a dick because i think that's what he is being i think um i um yeah um having talked about neil young uh before maybe i should also talk about joe rogan before we get into that because um I really like Joe Rogan. Um, I can't, I don't listen to his podcast much. It's really not my kind of show. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I started listening to him a few years ago. I think pretty much when the, it must've been when the pandemic started a little bit before that. And, um, I kind of migrated from his part. He does some MMA podcasts and I really enjoyed those like as part of his show. Right. And I kind of migrated. I'm, I'm watching a lot of UFC ever since. And I really like him. I also don't really like his comedy. Like it's not my kind of humor, I think. Um, largely. So I don't, I don't really watch his comedy, but I really enjoy him as an MMA commentator. Uh, he comment, he, uh, uh, you know, he commentates a lot of the um, big UFC fights. And um, he's just very good at that. And he's very good at that for the same reason. I guess he's good at his podcast. I'm not saying his podcast is bad. It's just not for me, right? I'm also not saying his comedy is bad. Um, but he is a very, he almost, like, he's a massive man. You know, he's like, he's done a lot of weightlifting and shit because he's like, you know, done the jujitsu and stuff like that. Um, so he's, he's a very uh, imposing figure, I think. But he he has the heart of a child, I think. Um, he's very excited, and I'm I'm sometimes like that. I can I can relate. Um, and he gets very excited about things, and this is why he's great as a comment color commentator uh, on UFC. And that's also the aspect that I don't like about this podcast, um, which I guess a lot of other people like. You know, obviously because it's. it's 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 you know it's it's very 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 successful. Um, 
<laughs> you know, infinitely more successful than any podcast I ever did. Um, but um, he, you know, on his show, he just interviews people, right? And his generally, and um, his his kind of like childish happiness about everything just means he gets somebody and it, it, no matter where they're from or what they're doing, he gets really excited about them. And and that, that makes for a really good interview for most people, right? That's um, how when you learn how to, for example, write interviews or, you know, I, I learned how to write interviews um, primarily not, you know, record them when I went through a little bit of, you know, not really J school, but some some courses, some classes. You know, when I started working at Heiser, I went for a month to some like a journalism camp thing. And that's you know they teach you a certain way to do interviews, which is um, you being very neutral. Like the interviewer shouldn't be the which you know that makes complete sense, right? The interviewer shouldn't be the uh, the centerpiece. Um, the the interviewee should be the one everybody. Um, you know, pays attention to in an interview. But that, you know, lends to a style of interview where you basically um, very uncritically, because you're, you're just like, you're just there to, to get interesting stories out of the interviewee. Um, as the interviewer, you, you, you basically pull yourself away as much as you can. And you're just, you know, interviewing the person and you're not talking about yourself which that makes sense but um that often gets i feel that's good but it often gets overdone towards where you where, where people get taught to just uncritically interview people and i hate that and that's exactly what joe rogan does um but in his defense he never takes sides he interviews people from all um sides of the political spectrum from all sides of anything really right um you know, he talks about he did, when he talks about like um, medicine or whatever. He will talk to the craziest like shaman dude, um, you know, craziest like homeopathic kind of guy. He talked to the funny like the the weird like Paul Stamets, the guy the Discovery character is named after, like the the mushroom guy, right? Who's a real scientist, but he's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> and you know, he talks to like you know. Um, professors but then also like crazy like shaman people right and what i really you know what i respect about joe rogan even though i can't really actively watch or listen to his show a, a lot because i get very angry um, because i'm very critical and if i was to interview certain people i would ask very very critical questions um Right. So, for example, just a quick example. If I had an interview show, right, and I, I'm very, um, SCSC will know if you've been listening to the show for a while, I've been, I'm very critical towards religion. Um, as somebody who studied history, I don't think religion has done anything good. I think pretty much, uh, pretty much half of uh, anything bad that happened. Uh, if you look at the whole history of mankind, right, I think pretty much half of of all the bad stuff you, you can probably attribute to religion. So I'm not a fan of religion. And if I was to interview like a religious person, like a religious leader or whatever, uh, or a priest, I would be very, very critical. I could not sit there and just let them talk, right? I would like take them apart. I just, I can't do it otherwise. Um, so I'm a very different person than Joe Rogan. Uh, but what I respect is that he just doesn't take any sides, right? He does, he does, you know, in in the run up to the election, he he endorses 
uh, people, right? So he, he he will tell you what his political views are. Um, I think he endorsed um, Sanders, right? Bernie Sanders uh, in the run up to the last election. Um, or was it the one before that? I don't, I can't even, I don't even know. But like, you know, he will talk about that, but he will not push it on people. Like his position is very much live and let live. He's very excited. He interviews people from all kinds of areas. And he's always like, okay, I might not agree with you on this, but, you know, let him talk and let other people have their view. And I respect him for that. So, um, so his podcast is while even I'm, while I'm not listening to it a lot, it's very valuable because he 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 is a um, he's a kind of like with the listenership he has right he rivals um, mainstream American TV shows probably more listeners than those radio shows is not even a contest um, and he's he's very open to any like he he'll like as long as somebody has something interesting to say. Um, and they're not like, you know, Joe Rogan is a very, um, I think, life-affirming person. Like, he's not, like, if he would never get anybody on who's, like, actively, like, you know, I don't know, hates people or, you know, any kind of people, black people, humans in, in general, whatever, right? Um, but um, he, he provides he provides an, an, a some, somewhat of a, like a neutral ground where people can, can, can if they have anything interesting to say they can come on the show and talk about it and I respect that very much and it's, it's very seldom that you find something like this to, today which is why he's under attack now now um, apparently in, in I think in December he had a um, I think an in infectious disease specialist. I haven't listened to that episode. That's at question here, which doesn't matter. And I'm going to explain why that doesn't completely doesn't matter that I haven't listened to that. Um, if I think it would have mattered, I would have listened to it before I produced the show. But I don't think it is. I haven't even linked it. I don't even care. Um, because, you know, I know Joe Rogan's show. I don't need to listen to that episode to know how Joe Rogan interviews people. Um, and it, I'm, I'm going to explain further why it doesn't happen, but it doesn't matter. But he um, he interviewed this infectious disease specialist who, I guess, um, probably I don't know. From what I've read, um, it's it's hard to you need, you need to filter what you know the New York Times or whatever. I've got I've got show notes by the way. Private citizen the press, lots of links to all this all this stuff about this. Um, as usual, but you know, uh, you can't kind of filter. But he did that guy must have said something that vaccines aren't that he doesn't think vaccines are very um, effective when it comes to fighting the SARS CoV 2 pandemic, whatever. Um, I don't even like why doesn't it? I don't, I don't even know what he said, and it doesn't like that guy who was on Joe Rong show. And here's why that doesn't matter at all because. That guy could have said something completely outlandish that I completely don't agree with or whatever. He could have said vaccines flat out doesn't work. Let's just assume he said that. Let's let's go with the worst um, worst case scenario you could imagine if you're on the other side, right? So this guy said um, vaccines don't work, never worked, never worked for anything, doesn't work for anything, doesn't protect you, doesn't protect other people, doesn't help. Uh, reduce the spread it, it literally it just does nothing uh, the only thing it does it risks that you get side effects and they could can be pretty severe and so don't take vaccines right let's imagine he had said that 
If you'd said that on Rogan's podcast, I would still defend Joe Rogan, his show, and that guy. Because um, even if he wasn't, like, let's, let's even assume he's not an infectious disease specialist, right? Let's say he's a priest and he said that. Who gives a fuck? Joe Rogan got him on because he obviously had something interesting to say. And, and you can say a lot of about Joe Rogan, but he doesn't get any, like, he doesn't get, like, people on where you're like, why is this guy here? Like, that, that guy doesn't have any cred about what he's talking about. Or, like, that guy doesn't have anything interesting to say. Joe Rogan has people, they vet the people that get on the show. There are guarantee. I've, I've, I've never listened to any Joe Rogan episode where it literally wasn't interesting. I can't listen to it because often it infuriates me, right? Because you get some crazy guy on who believes in homeopathic medicine and I'm just sitting there banging my head against the wall going like, this is idiotic, <laughs> right? And, Joe, and, and because I'm a very critical person and a critical thinker, I hope, um, and Joe Rogan is not that. I'm not saying he's dumb. He's just a very different kind of person. I think he can think critically. He just doesn't... He gets excited. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to. He runs a very different kind of show. Um, but, like, he... like. It doesn't matter what who that guy was. He could have said it. He could have said that. And and I think it's okay for that guy to be on Joe Rogan's show and say that because it is an opinion. And you're allowed to voice your opinion. And anybody who says... You cannot have, you cannot voice, like, I got three doses of the vaccine, right? I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't work. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten, like, the doses. I very much think that vaccines work, right? They help protect you, right? I'm, I'm somebody, we have talked about this on the show, I don't want to go into it deeply, but, like, I don't think, um, from what scientific evidence I've seen that credible, I don't think they, help reduce the spread um we had some very good um discussion in the forum recently where people were putting a good argument up that it probably does the opposite um you know because people just you know don't get really sick they just get you know cold some flu symptoms and they just don't think about this being SARS-CoV-2 and they just you know don't quarantine themselves or whatever but you know all of that aside um I am not an anti-vaxxer right I've got more I think in one episode has my fucking vaccine passport, like the old one. You can see, like, it's a full page of vaccines, right? When I went to Australia in 2000, I got, like, everything under the sun. Even some, like, Ross River fucking whatever that was, you know, which was idiotic. But, I, you know, I got that. I got every, like, I don't, I don't, I don't object to vaccines. But I, I believe very strongly um, that it should be a personal choice. And the thing I object to is, you know, forcing people to be vaccinated. I think you should never force anybody to have a medical procedure done. The medical procedure is about the person and their health, and they get to decide, right? If somebody has a fucking gangrene leg and the doctor says, dude, we have to cut this leg off, otherwise you will die. You will be dead in two days. And the guy goes, no, I'm not going to lose my leg. And the doctor goes, well, then you will die, right? And in a hospital, they make you sign a fucking waiver. This is how it works in Germany. You get it, you sign a fucking waiver. Um, like in Germany, you can, whenever you want, you can check out of a hospital. You might be dying. They just give you a waiver. You have to sign that. You have to be, obviously, you have to be um, clear of mind, right? And then you go, no, I want to die at home, right? I know you can save me. I know you have a drug. You can give me that and I'll be fine. I don't want that. I want to go go home and die, even if I don't have to. You can always do that, right? They just have to legally indemnify, you, you legally indemnify them that, you know, you, you, 
that your um, your kin, your next of kin can't sue the hospital, basically, or the doctor for like false malpractice because you know um, it should be a the personal choice. That's what what I personally believe. But it doesn't matter. We 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 can't live in a society where somebody with that opinion is not allowed to state that opinion. That is idiotic, and I'm going to get into that. Um, anyway, I'm, I, I was going to I was going to talk a little bit about Neil Young and then Joe Rogan before we got into the topic, but we got full on into the topic. Anyway, so Joe Rogan had that guy on apparently in December, and. Uh, and then there was a letter. It's one of these. Oh, 300 scientists wrote a letter. Oh, this guy, this is all lies and Joe Rogan must be deleted off the internet or whatever. I don't give a damn. This is another thing where I don't even give a damn. I'm even not even, you know, I'm me. I'm guy, Mr. Look at every primary source. There's some stuff you don't even need to look at. Like stuff like that. It's completely irrelevant if 300 scientists write a letter. Right? They, that doesn't... I hate that. I hate when journalists go and they write stories and they're like, oh, uh, uh, 300 scientists said this, 600 scientists said this, 1,000 scientists said this, and that's it. Right? They're not evaluating the merit of what they said and they're thinking about it themselves. They just said, okay, if 300 biologists sign a letter that says it must be right, no, they could be wrong. All 300 fucking virologists could be wrong. And it's not even like far-fetched. Happens all the time. That's science. I did an episode on, on that, by the way. If you look look through the... I'm not even going to look it up. I did an episode on the scientific method, right? The scientific method is you have a theory and, as you know, you, you, you put it forth. You have good points. Actually, what movie did I watch? I watched Interstellar recently. I've uh, never watched it before. I'm a huge fan of um, Matthew McConaughey. Great in that movie. The movie's fucking overrated i don't it was oh god it was like people people for years were telling me you need to watch this movie it's so great i, I knew it wasn't going to be great if a lot of people are like that or it's always like this and certain kind of people i'm like it's not going to be that good but we watched it at some point and um yeah it's it's okay matthew mcconaughey is great in that there's fucking plot holes in that movie don't even get me started but it has this very nice scene in the beginning where i guess they live in like a post-apocalyptic kind of society and um They've actually forgotten. Uh, well, they actually—it's it's actually that's a great commentary on society because, like, apparently, like they can't feed the human population, and their problem is everybody dies of hunger, and there have been wars and whatever. And um, he used to be an astronaut, and they basically shut NASA down, and then um, his and he was a test pilot, whatever, and his 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 daughter is in school. And 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 she has she she gets like in a in a kerfuffle in class because the textbook said that the moon landing were faked and then he gets co- get gets called to school and he's like what do you mean the fucking moon landings were they're not I'm a fucking astronaut <laughs> like it, no and the doctor uh, the, the the teacher goes yeah but we need to tell people that because otherwise they want to go to the uh, want to go to space again and that's just wa- waste resources and we need to feed people that's like the thing we need people to want to be farmers not astronauts and he goes like yeah it's a good goal but you're still lying about shit um and then he he actually goes home and explains it to his daughter how like or that, that was like she thinks she saw a ghost and he's like uh, well you know he, at first he shuts her down and she's like no dad i have like i have like i i, I studied this right I've, I've had like i have like data and he says all right all right all right all right good i think granddad says 
I mean, you gotta get, give her a chance. And then he's like, all right, so you um, collect your data and and present a theory, and then we'll we'll talk about it, right? And that's how science works. You collect your data, you present a theory, and that theory might be right. Everybody agrees with it until somebody figures out that it's wrong. Right? So 600 scientists saying something today doesn't mean it's right. It literally doesn't mean that. But the press just goes, yeah, they said this. So uh, because, you know, obviously the journalist doesn't fucking know either because they're a fucking idiot uh, like me, who's probably either like, no, there were most journalists are worse than me because I went to university and actually studied something, even though I flunked and didn't get a degree. At least I spend time there thinking about things they just went to fucking j school and studied journalism right so they learned fucking nothing at all like writing right but like nothing didn't learn critical thinking there um so you know so they don't know uh, and they're too slack or don't have the time to look it up so they won't look it up they won't even try to understand right so i what i do look i used to write about linux and open source all day right and then i the place where I worked got shut down and I, I, you know, worked, went to basically another company, same company, but, you know, I, I went to another position and then I, I, I started working as a security journalist and I hadn't written about security before. I mean, it's kind of close to open source and hacking and stuff. And I obviously knew a lot about web servers and shit and software from writing about open source, but like, I didn't know specifically about cryptography or whatever. And when I had to write a story and there's something happened in the story Right, and there was there was something I didn't know about. Right, let's say, uh, what was the? I mean, was Heartbleed or whatever? And there was like a no, Heartbleed was later. But like, there, there's like a security vulnerability in a piece of software or like an an, an algorithm or whatever. And I don't know how that fucking algorithm work. I don't like fucking went. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to call like three. Uh, antivirus companies, right? I ring Kaspersky, McAfee, or whoever, and then I'll ask somebody there who knows, and then I'll write an article saying, well, well, three three uh, experts in the field said this. No, I sat the fuck down and tried to understand what the fuck it was I was writing about. And sometimes that took a day or two, yeah, but that's how we actually do fucking journalism. You try to understand. So if I'm if if I'm writing a story... Right, and there's a guy who went on John Ro Joe Rogan and said something. Uh, I'm not going. Well, there's like 600 scientists saying that he's wrong. I'm gonna look up what he said. I'm gonna research everything, every fucking thing behind that. Try to understand that as good as I can. You know, I I might ask people in the field to help me understand it, but I'm not gonna go to them and say, so what do you think? Right. I'm gonna. My job is to fucking for me to understand it not to go like oh i think these 600 scientists understood it right and and ah, this is so infuriating anyway so the guy went on rogan 600 scientists said he's wrong uh this got published in the new york times um uh, they said he needs to get off, get off spotify neil young read that I'm, I'm guessing and went this is great because by the way because <laughs> I, I'm not going to say Neil Young is an idiot because he's not. He's a genius songwriter. But I think he just smoked too much weed in his career or something. And he's a great songwriter. That doesn't mean he's a good critical thinker. Probably not. Um, they're very. I think there are very few songwriters in modern music who are good critical thinkers. Bob Dylan definitely is a great critical thinker. That's why I like 
Bob Dylan's lyrics. They're very, very witty, and he he knows what he's what he's you know commenting about most of the time. But you know, Neil Young's very different. He's a very emotional kind of guy. Anyway, he went like, yeah, um, I think he published on his website um, that. Um, uh, Spotify, you will have to take Joe Rogan's app sh- podcast down, or uh, I will delete my music of Spotify. Then he pulled that down because somebody rang him up. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm guessing somebody said, "You know, Neil, uh, you actually don't own the rights to your music. You know that, right? You know that you sold your music to your label, which is, I think, Warner Brothers." Um, or like a some record label that belongs to Warner Music, I guess. Um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't own your rights. Uh, the the uh, Spotify licenses from your label, so your na- label needs to pull your music down if they can. You know, if they if the contracts allow that. Um, well, Neil Young was lucky, even though he acted like a fucking idiot, and this could have completely backfired because if his label hadn't pulled his hadn't backed him on this, he would have looked like a right fucking idiot um uh, but you know warner actually you know gotta gotta be progressive gotta see this you know signs of the times they backed him on this so basically neil young pressured his label into removing you know whatever streaming options that spotify has licensed and now neil young neil young's music is is gone from spotify before we get further into this one side comment that is fucking idiotic, Neil. Because uh, Spotify is by far the most uh, influential streaming service. And I'm going to tell you something. You haven't released any good music in ages. Nobody fucking knows who Neil Young is, right? I am, I'm listening to Neil Young. I'm 38. And I'm already... People think I'm weird. Anybody who's younger than me, most people do not fucking know who Neil Young is. And if you're not on fucking Spotify... You know, they will never come across your music. If Neil Young, like if the if the music market stays like it is today and Neil Young is off Spotify for 10 years, a whole get- generation of people will not have no fucking clue who Neil Young is. You know, they won't even like, if he, when he was on Spotify, they won't listen to his albums. They're, they're not going to go, oh, I read about this old guy, Neil Young, who looks like he's he was he was dead for 20 years and they dug him back up. Uh, amazing when they listen to his music. No, but there might be some playlist somewhere, right? Where there's Heart of Gold on there and they go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They listen to Heart of Gold the first time. They go like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. Who is this guy? I'm going to start, you know, listening and you get into Rust and whatever. Get into his, he's got some really good music, but, you know, dumb move, Neil. Dumb, dumb move. But anyway, um, so, uh, so they, they, they pulled that, them. They pulled that uh, from the uh, from Spotify. Oh, it's the New York Times reports. So this that was my take. Uh, now it's, let's 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 go to the other side of the spectrum. Let's go to the New York Times. Uh, Neil Young wasn't bluffing. Spotify said on Wednesday that it had begun removing the singer songwriter's music from the streaming service two days after he briefly posted a public letter calling on Spotify to choose between him and Joe Rogan, the star podcast host who has been accused of spreading misinformation about the coronavirus. See, this is like the New York Times, right? About the coronavirus and vaccines. Like, they're fucking, like, the New York Times accuses somebody of spreading misinformation and they fucking... Like, they don't even get that sentence right. 
accused of spreading misinformation about the coronavirus. The coronavirus doesn't exist. I mean, I know what you mean. There's one coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, as everybody calls it now, corona or COVID, uh, talk, which is even more wrong, but anyway, talks about, but there is not one coronavirus. There are a lot of coronaviruses, SARS, MERS, the ones you get when you get, you know, the, the sniffles in summer, you know, the cold, uh, summer cold, that's often a coronavirus. You guys are fucking idiots. Anyway, uh, in a statement posted to his website on Wednesday, young called Spotify, quote, the home of life-threatening COVID misinformation. He added, lies being sold for money. Um... His criticism of Rogan, a comedian and actor who has become Spotify's most popular podcast host, sometimes speaking at great length with controversial figures, came after a group of hundreds of scientists, professors and public health experts asked Spotify to take down an episode of Rogan's show from December 31st. This, that episode featuring Dr. Robert Malone, no idea who that is, an infectious disease expert, promoted, quote, several falsehoods about COVID-19 vaccines. There is no such thing as a COVID-19 vaccine, but all right. Um... If you if you're a health if you if you're a scientist or a professor or a public health expert, you should know that's a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, right? According to the group's public letter, which was issued on January the tenth, I like you know, Rogan, like the Times goes. Actually, I, I um, put a. You're not gonna see this because I'm gonna. F oh, should probably have the show notes open so I can fix this on the fly. Um, you're not going to see this because I'm going to fix this before this goes live. Um, I also like how the times goes like a, a, Rogan, a comedian and actor. That's like he doesn't know what he's talking about. The fucking Times journalist doesn't know what he's talking about either. He says like the coronavirus, COVID-19 vaccines, this, this is all wrong. Um, but all right. Spotify said in a statement on Wednesday, uh, we want all the world's music and audio content to be available to Spotify users. With that comes great responsibility in balancing both safety bleh, safety for listeners and freedom for creators. We have detailed content policies in place and we've removed over, we've removed over 20,000 podcast episodes related to COVID since the start of the pandemic. I wonder if mine are still on there. I think I have to check. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, go to Private Citizen Press and maybe use another podcast service or like the fucking RSS feed because there might be removing, one, you know, luckily my episodes are numbered. <laughs> so if there's numbers missing there on Spotify, that's not my fault. That's Spotify being idiotic. Um, that basically actually underlines why, why Spotify is a bad place for podcasts. Um yeah, uh, obviously the Times is a bit biased on this. Um, you know, hundreds of scientists must always be right. And, uh, you know, how, how, how fucking, how dare Joe Rogan interview a guy who has another opinion? Like, he must be deleted off the internet. How can that be, like, where, like, people, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I still have to, I have to vent. This is like, what, what is this? Are we living in the fucking Soviet Union? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Like, podcasts, right, are already pretty much the only place where you can even do this, where you can have a guy who, is not, who has a different opinion. Like, there hasn't been anybody who had an opinion that was not sanctioned by whatever the mainstream consensus on, on, on SARS-CoV-2 is on, on TV for like a year, at least where I am. 
you know, like here in Germany. It's like it's all the same, right? It's actually hilarious because, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. Um, we had some feedback in the forum. I, I haven't put that in this episode. I probably should have. Uh, I'm gonna probably going to talk about that in the next episode. But um, it's, it seems like it's the whole thing is falling apart, right, with the, with the restrictions. Because I've now, even on YouTube, I've, like, I'm not watching mainstream TV, but obviously they put their clips on YouTube as well. And I, I'm like, for, for, for months, for years and months, my, the, like the news, COVID news section on YouTube that I have in my stream, it's always said like panic, panic, you know, the tsunami, the waves, the fourth waves, whatever. It's a panic all over the place. Now, since like two weeks or like a week maybe, it's suddenly, it's like, Oh my God, the Netherlands are opening up. Denmark is opening up. Should we open up in Germany as well? And now there's suddenly the experts who, you know, the, the ones you hadn't seen, like that, that one um, a virologist I talked about very early on. You know, I know I was not going to talk about COVID anymore, but, uh, um, you know, who, uh, Strick, who was like, uh, you know, you're overreacting. He, he was like off TV. Now he's suddenly on TV again. Like, should we open up again? It's like, Ah, it's like once that becomes the mainstream, now these people are the experts. Now they're on the show. Like podcasts are is like one of the few places where there's still like balance, where you can still have people like off the main main opinion mainstream voicing their opinions. And now, and I've talked about this before, right? Now they want to fucking censor that too. What? Why? Why the fuck? I love, by the way, I loved in the in the times. I love, I love this very uh, little piece of it. By the way, I'm I'm having some old gray here to calm the nerves because Jesus, it's hard to be stoic with this shit. I believe me. So they have this little a uh, little ditty in here in in the Times article. Young's challenge to Spotify has become a high profile, if unexpected, flashpoint in the battle over misinformation and free speech online. All right, you can term it that way. But now comes the doozy. It also raised questions about the power of performing artists to control where their music is heard. Like who cares about that? That's not what the story is about. The story is about a fucking rock and roll singer wanting to censor some somebody's podcast right i mean it's a the, there is there's an issue we can talk about how musicians like where they how they can control their rights and do they have enough rights and you know don't music labels fucking rip them off that's a discussion to have but that's not the discussion yet. it's not important right the interesting issue here is how a somebody who was like a once was like a counterculture icon Right, and you'd say like a rebel, a rock and roller, right, a rock star. How how that dude is trying to pressure a streaming service into censoring fucking content because he doesn't agree with it. Like what the f- what the fuck, Neil Young? What the fuck? Like who the fuck are you to go and say, well, Joe Rogan? Like you're just fucking jealous that that Spotify bought jo- bought Joe Rogan's podcast for a hundred million dollars. You probably saw that, like, last year or whenever it was. You went, like, I don't get that much money for my music. What the fuck? And Neil Young, right? Neil Young. I like the guy, right? But he's not the most, like, stable. Like, he's not the guy whose opinion you should maybe be listening to. Because let's recap a little bit. Remember Pono? 
Remember Pono? He's like Neil Young is not the most clear-headed individual, right? Um, maybe because of all the weed. But like, remember Pono? Pono was like Neil Young said, "Okay, the iPod is crap, and MP3 audio quality is crap." He, he you know, he was right, I think, on that. Uh, MP3 streaming back in the day, like what, like even today, it's not, it's not the best. It's not. Maybe we want more quality. Yes. But Neil Young, the delusion shit that he is, thought he could take on Apple and created a music service, a music player called Pono. Of course it didn't take off. We're not talking the beginning of the iPod. We're, we're talking an era where like Apple was transitioning from the iPod to the iPhone. Right and, and, and they already had owned that market. And Neil Young was like, oh, higher quality, we can do this better. No, he fucking didn't. He fucking failed. He failed so hard. And I for actually forgot this and had to be reminded of this by a story that I also put in the show notes, Private Citizen Press, that I think in 2015, Neil Young, whose porno fucking player was already failing, tried to raise money from Donald Trump. This was before he ran for president. But Neil Young tried to raise money from Donald fucking Trump. Right? And now he's out here telling us, you know, whose opinion we shouldn't listen to. All right. right? Or, you know, what I was, I was like back in the day. I mean, Neil Young was never a fan of streaming, right? He, this is, his main issue, of course, was the audio quality. But he had an issue that a lot of musicians have, which is a valid point, but not when you're Neil Young, which is streaming is shit because they're not paying the artists enough. Yeah, if you're a struggling fucking artist and you can't make any money, then yes. But Neil fucking Young, who has like, I don't know, by conservative estimates, has like $200 uh, million in the fucking bank, like who owns fucking companies, right? He was always going, oh, we are, I don't get enough money for my... You have $200 million in the bank, Neil. What do you need any more money for? Right? Be happy that young people are listening to music you recorded 40 years ago. At this point, it's about your legacy. You have enough money. What do you want more money for? Right? But that wasn't enough. That fucking take wasn't enough because, of course, last year he did a complete 180 and sold his fucking back catalog because he suddenly figured out, hey, uh, there are people who are actually making money with streaming and I can actually get a piece of that if I just sell my shit. Yeah, and then he made even more money. Fucking. Now he actually fucking runs his own streaming, apparently. He's got these Neil Young archives. I thought there were only like CD releases or like music releases, but apparently it's like a streaming service as well. So, I mean, Neil Young, the guy who was always right. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. <sighs> is that like is that the kind of guy you want to be in charge of like basically deciding what the truth is and what Joe Rogan or anybody can talk about? I don't think so. And this is why like this is why it's so disheartening. I mean, Spotify like isn't good for, like let's get one thing clear. First off, first off, Spotify didn't defend Joe Rogan here and went against Neil Young because they are uh, a bastion of free speech. Right, Spotify. I think last year was it last year. I think it was last year. But but Joe Rogan, who at this point had a podcast, right? He ran a podcast. It was a video podcast, but he also had an audio feed, and he uploaded the video to YouTube. 
Um, and he had an RSS feed, right? He had a proper, that was a real podcast that you could just subscribe on with any podcatcher, uh, subscribe to. And he sold that to Spotify. He went, okay, uh, Spotify uh, gave me $100 million and I'm not going to be exclusive on Spotify. At which point his podcast became, ceased to become a podcast, right? Because he um, put all the episodes of YouTube uh, and, 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 and it killed his RS, RSS feed. And, you know, this is the hill I'm going to choose to die on, right? Beside uh, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. A podcast is not a podcast if it doesn't have an RSS feed. A podcast literally is, what a podcast is, is an RSS feed with audio file or video file, media file enclosures. That's what a podcast is. A podcast is not a radio show you put on the internet. I know that's what people think a podcast is, but that isn't ain't a podcast, right? It's like a blog. If a blog doesn't have an RSS feed, it's not a fucking blog. It's a website or whatever, but it's not a fucking blog. And so this is not, and, and this is just people think, oh, it's just semantics. No, it's not. Because the RSS feed makes it so you can listen to that show with any player you want. You can, you don't even need a player. You could use an RSS reader and just see the feed and get an update and then download the, the audio file manually, right? When Rogan went, and there are other shows that people think are podcasts that are Spotify exclusive, these shows, you can only listen to them on Spotify, which means Spotify can go and delete certain episodes, and they have deleted certain episodes of Rogan's back catalog, and as there's a 20,000 other podcast episode, right, they might delete my episodes, right, but because I'm a podcast, you can always go get those episodes somewhere else, right? So this is why it's not really a podcast, and that's why Spotify is not a good place for podcasts. And you know they will do that because they're not about free speech. They defended Rogan because they paid a hundred million dollars for his podcast with or his show. Let's call it his show, which means it's worth to them a lot. And I, I can explain to you why. I mean, this is no secret in the industry. There have been a, a million articles written about this. Spotify is so big on podcasts and other, well. Let's, let's say on podcasts, um, because they're, they're trying to pivot from being a music streaming service to an audio content streaming service. And why are they doing that is very easy. Because, for example, my podcast on Spotify, right? It's, it's everywhere else as well. But, you know, they just, they don't pay for that, right? I, my podcast is licensed in a way that they can use that. Um, or they buy a show like Rogan's show and then they pay for that once. And then every time you listen to that, they don't have to pay. With music, they have to pay every time somebody listens, which they pay very little. But since they're a subscription service, right? Let's say, uh, I don't know what Spotify, it's like, what is it, like 12 euros a month, 15, 16. Let's say it's 20 euros a month. I have a Spotify subscription. Let's say I pay 20, 20 euros a month, right? If I listen to a lot of music, I can probably actually exceed that, even if it's just 0.1 cent per listen. If I just keep listening to shit, right? Every time, every time I listen to a song, it detracts my money from what, like, if, if, if I just pay my subscription and don't listen to anything, they just make bank, right? They get those 20 euros, uh, you know, and that's that. 
But if I listen to music, it actually subtracts from that all the time because they have to pay the artists. Even if they pay them very little, they have to pay, right? Whereas podcasts and other content like this, they just license that, you know, they get it for free or they buy it once. And then, you know, when you listen to that, it just does, doesn't subtract from their subscription revenue. That's why they're pivoting to that. And that's why fucking Joe Rogan's show they bought because you know it's 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 basically news for a whole generation and it's very influential and it has very lot of, it has a lot of listeners and it draws a lot of people to spotify now whereas neil fucking young is a guy who's in his 70s who hasn't re like he hasn't released a song anybody cared about probably for 30 years uh, you know i mean the old guy who who is not relevant versus the most uh you know, I, I would say the most influential podcaster, but like Joe Rogan is, is probably, um, he's fucking the Walter Cronkite of this generation, which is weird because Walter Cronkite was actually a journalist and Joe Rogan is not a journalist. I mean, he's, he's you know, he I, I don't think he thinks he would think of himself as a journalist and he's not acting like a journalist, but like he's a, he's hugely influential, like influential. Like if you compare the, whether like the Today Show with Joe Rogan, I think Joe Rogan these days is more, more influential. Um, so it was really no choice for Spotify there. It was like a no brainer for them. Um, and this is why they chose Rogan. Not, I mean, they might say it's two different free speech or like uh, allude to that in their fucking press release there, whatever they told Times. Um, but um, that's not, that's, that's not the point. That's, PR, right? That's, that's propaganda bullshit. Um, yeah, but like, let's let's before I wrap this up, let's let's go a little bit. Let's see the bigger picture here, right? And if you want to read more about this, I uh, linked uh, a piece by Glenn Greenwald where he also he also wrote about this. Uh, uh, it just came out before I uh, uh, I'm, I'm recording this podcast. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm linking that as well because it's very, um, yeah, it's also very interesting. He talks about the wider, uh, political implications, like the Democrats out, like censorship is now their, like reflex when it comes to anything. And that's the thing, right? You know, podcasting is real podcasts with, with RSS feed and stuff. I like the last, it's one, like one of the last bastions of like truly independent media, right? For writing, it's pretty much Substack right now uh, or blogs. Blogs are always there, you know, they're like kind of like podcasts, they're independent. Um, you can host them yourself and, and it's very hard for people to censor you. Um, but, um, yeah, and, 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 and now that is being censored. And I've saw, I saw this coming, a lot of people saw this coming. I talked about this like last year. In, I think in several episodes. Um, but what I want to quickly just, just basically complain about is like, what is the censorship impulse? Like, what, what is this shit? Who are these people, right? It starts with fucking Neil Young, but like there's, there's other people like this. There's like, and I think, you know, I, th I personally think that, that Greenwald is right, that a lot of people in the U.S. who would affiliate with the Democrats have this impulse as well. Like, what is this impulse to go and, like, there's somebody who has an opinion that is not my opinion, and I think they're wrong. That's okay. You know, I have that all the time. I li like, that's literally my life. 
somebody's wrong on the internet. I have that all the time. My impulse, and this is why I became a journalist, is I want to tell them, or preferably the world, where, where that person is wrong. Right? I want to go, look what that guy just did. You know, Look what Neil Young just did. I'm going to record a podcast episode, and I'm going to tell anybody who wants to hear it why he's fucking wrong. That's my impulse. My impulse is not, let's shut up Neil Young. Like how dare, like my point is not there. My, my problem with Neil Young is not that he has an opinion. He, this is beyond an opinion, right? He is trying to force censorship. And that is the problem. Um, but like, what is this impulse? Like this guy has an opinion. Let's, let's, let's make sure nobody can hear him. Let's make sure nobody can read him. Let's make sure he gets like censored off the, like, why? What are the, like, what is this? I don't even understand what this mental approach is, right? Even if you think whatever that guy said is dangerous to people, right? Why, why is your impulse not to like, okay, let's create your own podcast or let's also go on Joe Rogan or whatever and explain the world why that guy was young, really young, was wrong, <laughs> why that guy was wrong, right? Why is your impulse? No, we must prevent that people hear this. Why are you not trusting? Why don't you? Why don't you have respect for other people? They're adults. That you know, thinking adults that fucking listen to Joe Rogan's show, and if the guy goes on there and has an opinion, and they, like you gotta, you gotta let other adults decide for themselves yes they might come to the wrong conclusion but that's what life is all about that's what being adult is about and letting other people be adults as well letting them come to their own conclusion even if they're wrong i'm not against doing something against that right explaining to them why they are wrong producing your own content whatever but like why do you have to just like why is your impulse we, we must pretend that we must uh, we must prevent that they hear this like how can you call yourself like whatever liberal progressive whatever you think of yourself somebody who wants to make the world a better place and i believe these people honestly think that most of them like how can't you fucking see that you're turning into fucking josef stalin like that that was the Soviet approach, right? Somebody is saying something that we don't agree with. We have to make sure that our citizens don't hear that. We have to censor the news. We have to censor everything they can read, they can hear. We need to prevent them from listening to radio that's not from the state. Like, all of this. Like, they, we can't have them travel aboard, abroad because they might see with their own eyes that what we're telling them about the world is not right. Like, you're turning into that why like why like the danger can't be possibly that great like even if it was like even if i agreed with you even if there was a guy on fucking joe rogan calling for everybody to rise up and um you know th overthrow the government even in that case, like, the thing is, it doesn't work. To go and censor that, it doesn't work. And this is the, the argument I had all, like, I've, I've had this, I, I've, I've been talking about this for 30 years now. Like, 
Germany is a very good example why this kind of approach does not work. Like because of the Nazis and because of our history, we have very specific laws that like censor like you know the Nazi flag and like the the Hitler salute and all this kind of shit. That doesn't do anything. The only thing that does is like make people. It creates this this nimbus, this aura of like mysticism and like danger, and it's like. For these symbols, like nobody fucking would care about the swastika if it wasn't like fucking outlawed, right? Uh, that's probably not right because in the US it's also a symbol for it's still a symbol for you know Nazism and that kind of stuff. But like outlawing it doesn't prevent people knowing about it or getting interested about it or you know becoming neo Nazis, right? It's like I talked about this on the show, I think, when they were outlawing like or trying to outlaw like a new like a flag that wasn't specifically a Nazi flag that the Nazis were using. They're just going to use like the next flag. You're not stopping neo-Nazis by like taking their symbols away. And it's been obvious. You just have to look at the rallies, demonstrations in Germany over the last 50 years. It's obvious. It's it's bullshit. Like. It, I think it even makes it worse, right? If you go and you like, you say, okay, so these people are dangerous and what they're saying are dangerous, so we have to prevent them from saying it. Um, I mean, they won't stop saying it. They will just not say it in public, right? It will become this underground thing where, you know, they are say it in encrypted chats or whatever. Like, you're just driving them underground. You're not preventing anything. You're you you can't do that like and this was obvious like 30 years ago today with the internet like it's i mean you can't you just you just you just can't you just like there were people will always find out there are ways people will, will host websites on like another country like how will you fucking make it better by like trying to like even the censorship even what you're trying to do blatantly doesn't work and i understand why my fellow journalists have this impulse right because it's worked it's just if you look at history this kind of thing has worked for the media for the last 100 and 150 years whatever you know at first it was newspapers and there were very few people in the printing press and i'm not saying there was a um, when you talk about this people go ah it's a conspiracy there wasn't a conspiracy where all the people the printing press got together and said we can't print this certain thing but you know there was there was if there was an opinion and pretty much anybody um who was, was publishing a newspaper agreed on well we don't want that opinion to you know to influence the public, then you could suppress that opinion. There was no way for that guy to print his own newspaper, right? Same with radio and TV. When 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 there are very few, when you need very, very very expensive and you know equipment, and you need to license certain frequencies, right? You can't have just have your own TV station, and 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 say things that you think the, the you know back in the day like three or four stations on the air weren't saying, and right? so this. This worked. This kind of editorial thing, and you know, it's not a it's not a conspiracy. This is just something that journalists have, have always done, right? They they go, um, this story is not worth talking about, or this this guy is a nutcase, and we're not going to have him on the air, or something like this. And 
I'm right now. I'm just not even talking about if that's justified or not. Right? It might even be justified. But like, what I'm talking about is that back in the day, you could actually do that. Like, let's let's take Alex Jones for example, who is a nutcase guy. Either he's a brilliant performance artist or he's actually a nutcase. Let's err on the side of caution that he's an actual nutcase, right? He would not get on television because people, everybody who runs a talk show or whatever would be like, that guy's a nutcase. We're not going to have him on television. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that would be not. Like, there there would be no way for that guy to, to get out in front of a broad audience. Today, you can't, you can throw him off YouTube, you can, you can censor him everywhere, but the, the guy still has a fucking website, right? If people want to find him, you can't fucking shut him up like you you can't you can't do that anymore that 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 ship has sailed that doesn't work why why don't people see that right so i can i can understand why journalists don't because they are even if they're young you know they get brought up you know they get taught in in j school or whatever by like older journalists and they still have this internalized this thing you can decide what's good for the people to read and then you can stop it i understand that but why is like okay maybe if I'm asking why is fucking why doesn't fucking Neil Young why does Neil Young think that because he's fucking seventy or whatever right he's old he probably thinks that as well right he probably thinks that we can shut Joe Rogan up if we just go and kick him off Spotify you know nobody's gonna listen to Joe Rogan anymore Joe Rogan has so many listeners if he goes today and says I'm gonna create my own website right he's, it's gonna reduce his reach sure. But if he if he goes and he he can't because he sold himself to Spotify, who cares? But if he if he was gonna do that, he could create his own site and he would immediately have a site and have more like fucking viewers and listeners than any like a fucking TV station in the US. Because he has a massive audience and they like him, so they would follow him to his fucking website. They followed him to fucking Spotify. They don't care about RSS feeds, right? So it's just idiotic it's just like how can people think like i don't understand this whole like i don't understand it from the bottom up i don't understand how you can have this impulse as somebody who lives in a democracy like it doesn't matter how you stand to free speech and you know there's there's arguments you can have about free speech if something's dangerous is that covered by free speech or not or whatever but like i mean i read so if you read the um um, it's actually a very good point. If you read the um, uh, Glenn Greenwald thing, he talks about Substack, right? Because he's on Substack, which is like a writing platform for, you know, uh, writers who get um, directly supported by their readers, which is kind of a model I'm following here as well with the show, which I kind of like. But like he quotes, like, I think he's, uh, she's the some C-level executive at Substack. Uh, and and she she wrote about like why we don't like censor people because she she was basically um, if we if we if we censored anybody or no if we censored everybody who was wrong about the pandemic at least once we would censor everybody everybody was wrong about this because it was you know at some point somebody was wrong or everybody was wrong at some point it's such a developing thing and we knew so little about it and it's like it was so breaking news and everything you know everybody was wrong 
that's what I've been saying about the show the whole time. You can't just say like whatever the WHO says is law or what the CDC says is law or the Robert Koch Institute, the RKI. They, all of them were wrong. The WHO were wrong multiple times. The CDC was wrong. The, the RKI, all of them were wrong because you have data coming in and you interpre interpret the data and you might be wrong, right? The CDC, no, uh, the WHO at some point says ma masks don't work. And now they say masks work. So wh whatever side of the equation you're on, they were wrong at one point, right? And if you were going to censor everybody, like if you said everybody who's, who at some point said that masks don't work, has to have censor, it has to be censored because it's a dangerous opinion and it's endangering people, then you have to censor the fucking WHO. This is, this is ludicrous. This is idiotic. Yeah, that's 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 the main problem. Is my main problem without it, and then uh, with with it, and then of course just fucking Neil, just shut the fuck up. You, you you're old. Like, take it from me. I'm I think I'm already old. I'm 38. I'm I'm half your age or whatever. You're fucking old. You've smoked too much weed. You've you had a you had a you're a fucking songwriter. You're an artist. You had a interesting um, approach to reality to begin with. Right, you shouldn't just you shouldn't just care. Don't fucking care about this shit. Be happy you got millions. Be happy you you're considered by many people to be a songwriting genius, and just like shut the fuck up. And well, I don't. No, I don't. I don't actually mean that. You can. You're entitled to your opinion. That's okay. But you know, tell people your opinion. Don't go and try to fucking censor people off the internet because you read something in the New York Times or whatever you read. You have no idea about this thing, right? You, you, you don't. I mean, I'm very sure you don't. Like, you're just talking out of your ass because you read something. I mean, you can do that. You're entitled to your opinion. Just don't, just don't go, like, the idea here is we're all entitled to our opinion. We, we should all be, um, <laughs> I, I, w I was going to say, you know, unless, you know, we don't break any laws, uh, you know, you should, you should people, uh, <laughs> let them have their opinion. Um, and, and, and that's that, but like, you, you can't really say that because they're changing all the laws and soon it will be against the law uh, to say something that doesn't agree with the WHO or whoever is just, uh, important right now. So that doesn't. That doesn't work either. I just don't understand this. Like, like how how deluded do you have to be to actually think this is dangerous? That somebody somebody has an opinion and and you think it's wrong. All right, um, but they could convince. Like, what what's the worst that could happen? Like, even if you know Joe Rogan has a million list, millions of listeners, even if they all go and say I I'm I'm not going to take the vaccine. Right, like even in your worst, even if you're the, the as afraid as you could possibly be of SARS-CoV-2, like, like what 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 could be the consequences of that? Like 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 like, do you really think like hundreds of thousands of people are gonna die because of that? And do you really think that? Like, and 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 why do you think that? Right? Do you like you're basically equating 
with a guy going on Joe Rogan's show and then there are like a thousand people in the studio and the guy just pulls out an AK and, and, and shoots them all. Right? If if that was gonna happen, I would say, yeah, maybe maybe you should um stop uh, stop Joe Rogan's show. But you know, there are actually laws against shooting people. So it would probably uh you know uh, there would there would probably be questions asked why Joe didn't stop him when he started shooting the people and why were there people anyway and what was this like you know <laughs> uh, this is this uh, this is falling apart but I, I you know what like are these people really that afraid are they that dumb are they just like I mean it's basically the same thing right if you re like think it's pretty much anatomically um been shown that if you get afraid you just get dumb right you just start acting on on emotions and instinct and you don't start acting clearly so it, it, it's probably the same thing i just don't i, I just don't, i just i don't get it i don't this is just it's, it's one of these these stories where i'm like I'm, I'm, I'm i can't say i'm speechless because i just talked about this for for an hour but i'm like i just don't know i just i just i just don't know i just i can only try and um and explain why I think this is idiotic and 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 I, sometimes I don't understand the world anymore. I like I don't understand the people who pile onto this. We're like, yeah, Neil Young, yeah, Neil, yeah, censorship. Like, and literally, I follow. Like, there's people I I I, I every day these day I go these days I go on Twitter and there's a person I I used to respect and and they do something like this. They go, yeah, Neil Young, yeah. Yeah, so actually, I learned of the story on Twitter because somebody was going, "Ah, Neil Young was going, yeah, Neil Young is a cool guy. What, what, why, why is he like Neil Young all of a sudden? Has he released a new song?" And then I looked, I looked it up, and I went, "Oh God, no! Like really? Yoo-hoo, censorship? Yes, we need to prevent. You know, we we are the ones who know. We are the intelligent." We want to save the planet. And so we are smarter than these dumb shits who listen to Joe Rogan. So we know. We know better. So we need to shut them. We need to shut these people up because they're influencing the dumb people. Like how? Like, like that's basically your attitude if you're like that. You're basically saying you know better than the plebs. And and you can't have this other person influence the plebs, so you need to shut them down. Because the dumb people, the dumb people need to be told what's right. And they can't. Like if you tell them like if you if you allow somebody else with a different opinion to even be heard, the dumb people could not it could possibly happen that the dumb people, because they're so dumb, uh, suddenly don't believe in the truth, trademark, the truth trademark anymore so we need to prevent like let's wrap this up it's just making me very angry and still dry january so i can't drink i've got a bottle of bourbon on my desk and i can't fucking drink it so that's uh that's a problem anyway uh before i wrap this up uh quick feedback uh first here from yevgeny kuznetsov uh, aka necros on the forum had another uh, what i think a pretty neat comment on episode 105 where i talked about justice and the law um, and he says um he was listening to the episode and he says i remembered another thing i read somewhere must have been science fiction too 
quote, lawyers make their money from the gap between the law and common sense. I think it's very well said. Indeed, in a layperson's day-to-day interactions with the legal field, the layperson usually makes the judgment makes the judgments based on tradition, custom, and ultimately common sense, which includes assessing how much the tradition is applicable, for example. However, when things come to court, it's not common sense that the judge will use to evaluate and punish these judgments, but the law. Had it been otherwise, most people would be able to present their own cases and deal with the whole system on their own, using their own common sense. Instead, everybody needs a lawyer as a proxy to the system and uses the lawyer's knowledge of the law to achieve the same goal. Had the law reflected the common sense closely, much less lawyers would be needed. Of course, I don't know how to build a legal system in which the law would reflect the common sense close enough. I'm not even ready to go as far as declare such a system possible. And I thought this was very intelligent and there's not much to add. I think the biggest problem I see here is that, you know, different people have a very different opinion of what common sense means. And you can you can argue that from both sides. Um, you know, which is why I've been watching a lot of classic Star Trek recently. This is why I like Star Trek, like the, the old, the good Star Trek, because it deals with these kind of questions all the time. You know, there's often... Um, I mean, the classic is the utilitarian view, which is like the Vulcans and Spock, you know, uh, the good of the many. And then there's the opposing view, which is generally, um, you know, the problem with Star Trek, I mean, it's not perfect. It's the, the other side is often painted as the emotional one. Um, you know, somebody like on the original series, it would be McCoy um, or, you know, it'd be somebody else uh, who would argue with Data or or Tuvok, right? Um the guy who's not the Vulcan, um, but that's often not the. Um, I think it's it's often pa- painted as the emotional uh, choice, but it's uh, or the emotional side, but it's more that's more like the common sense side. I feel right, whereas you know, I guess uh, I guess Spock's view, like the utilitarian view, is often also common sense, but it's the very cold, logical one, right? Um, and sometimes. The other, the, the, or like in any good uh, situation like this, in any any good script like this, in any good Star Trek episode, both sides are valid, and uh, they have a, they have they both have valid points. If you if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I mean, it doesn't have to be legal, but I, you know, it's, it's almost gets into philosophical questions. But uh, one of my favorite movies is Crimson Tide. Um, and Crimson Tide is a, a movie about a, a submarine. I think it's after the Cold War. It's a nuclear submarine, American nuclear submarine. And uh, there's something like, I think some terrorists have invaded a Russian nuclear base. And this sub gets, um, so the mission of the sub is to go there and nuke the base before, be, because, you know, the Russians, the Russian military, ha, military has uh, lost control um, you know, typical American movie, but you know, just just go, Yevgeny, just go for it for now, right? <laughs> it's kind of like the Germans are always Nazis, right? The Russians are always incompetent in this kind of scenario. Um, so they they've lost control of the space, right? So the um, the Americans are the only ones who intervene because, right? Obviously, if these if if the terrorists launch the nukes, they want to launch the nukes because they want the Cold War back like they want a hot war right they want the americans to retaliate and they will because that's you know mad usually sure destruction it will it will happen so the only chance is for this american american sub to nuke the base 
at which point the Russians won't retaliate because they realize that you know they've just nuked the terrorists or whatever. They've just they just want to prevent the nuclear attack. Okay, so they get sent on this mission, and then they receive um, a radio or like a, they receive yeah radio transmission from home base, but they get attacked I think by a Russian sub or something, and the transmission gets garbled and they can't decode it, and then of course they have to dive. Um, so you know, and from then on, basically, uh, you know, their orders are to follow their orders, right? To be submerged without radio contact. Um, until they surface and then immediately fire the rocket at the base. And that's what the sub-commander wants to do, like the captain, right? The skipper wants to do that. And um, he's a very, uh, you know, he's a, a very veteran. He's, he's a, you know, a very um, experienced officer who's had combat experience. And he has this first officer um, who, who hasn't had combat experience, but who's very... Um, anyway, They, you know, the captain wants to follow... Uh, their orders, which is, you know, the letter of the law. He basically wants to follow the letter of the law. And the first officer says, well, basically, it doesn't make any sense because we just got a transmission that looks like they were going to tell us to stand down, right? Because, you know, if the Russians have gained control again of the military base and we nuke it then, right, then it's an act of war and we have nuclear war. So by following these orders, we will actually... um, cause the very thing we're trying to prevent right um and the 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 reason why crimson tide is such an amazing movie is of course i mean then you get a you get a mutiny and you get you get you you know it's a um i mean it's 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 from the from the structure and the story, it's a very well written movie, and that you know, and there's there's many. Famously, uh, Ronald D. Moore tried to do a Battlestar Galactica episode, which turned into a comments com- uh, in, in a, uh, into a, um, a a joke episode, right? A, a comedic episode uh, because they couldn't do it. It's the one where everybody thinks everybody else is a Cylon. Um, and um, with the dinner party, it's a great episode. But like that—that that was supposed to be a Crimson Tide episode, and I just couldn't make it work. Work. But like Crimson Tide is not such a great movie because it's a great movie because it's well shot, it's well well written. Like dialogue is good, they're good actors. No, it is such a great movie because both of these, like you can completely, um, like sympathize with both of these characters, like the captain and the first officer. There's no right or wrong in this situation. They're both right. The, the captain is right because that's what the military does. He's supposed to follow that letter of the law. It's very clear. There's a chain of command. He's right in, in that respect. The first officer is also right because if you look at the situation logically, what he wants to do makes more sense. Like He's like, we, we need to err on the side of caution because our goal here is to prevent a nuclear war. And if we do this wrong, and if we follow your, like, if we follow the letter of law, chances are actually much higher that we're not going to achieve our goal. Um, and that's why it's a, you know, that's, I, I, I love that. And that's, that's the, so, so, so the captain in this situation is like the, the Spock, you know, uh, person, like his utilitarianism, uh, follow the letter of the law. The other person, more of a common sense, emotional kind of um, position. But that doesn't mean he's wrong. Actually, he, you know, 
I think most people would, if you watch the movie, I think if you did a poll, I think uh, most people would uh, agree with him. Um, but like, they're both right. And that's, you know, and that's the problem. That's, um, they could ba- both make a good common sense argument, right? If you didn't have, if you didn't have a letter of the law, uh, they both in court could argue very, their point very well, right? And 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 I think if you if you if you didn't have the if you didn't have the letter of the law, if you just had common sense, I think a judge could come down on both sides of the argument, um, like even without thinking it through, and even if it's seeing it played out and who was right in the end, whatever that re- almost doesn't matter because that's you know in the in the moment it's it's such an it's such a hard decision because in the moment you don't know. Um, I also uh, would like to point out a tweet uh, from Matt Tesoro, who uh, pointed me to a, this is a slash dot uh, the article. It's basically a um, um, a, uh, a transcript of a BBC interview with James Cameron. Uh, James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does for James Cameron. James Cameron does what James Cameron does because he's James Cameron. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, where, where he talks about this is about deepfakes, and, uh, and 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 Matt said like where have where where have where have we heard this before? Because James Cameron in this interview says uh, you have to really emphasize critical thinking. Where did you hear that? You know. We, we have all these search tools available, but people don't use them. Understand your source. Investigate your source. Is your source credible? And yes, uh, I agree with James Cameron on this. Uh, one thing I want to add is that, of course, um, uh, there, there are people who say they do this. But the important point here, and, and what I'm trying to do on this podcast is, yes, you have to investigate your source, no matter what the source is, right? A lot of people, I think, think that they're critical thinkers and they think that they follow this, uh, I don't know, this rule of uh, stuff, but they go like as far as, okay, so like the mainstream media approach that they always tell you how to tell if something like it's fake news or not, right? It's like check your source and then what they mean is like, oh, the source is the BBC, so it must be right. But that's not critical thinking. That's not the source. Actually, I would uh, I would expand that and say investigate your primary source. Is your source credible, right? So if the BBC writes about something, or the, in Germany the Tagesschau, Show, or the New York Times, or the Washington Post, or any other any like, they're most likely not the primary source, right? And of course, journalists these days are crap, so they don't link that. Even though with the internet you could, which is what I'm trying to do here, private citizen or press. Um, right you need to any any source doesn't matter if somebody like you know it's not like I go and read Glenn Greenwald and then I go like oh yeah this I'm gonna link this and I'm gonna talk about this on the show because he's Glenn Greenwald I I used to hate the fucking guy I thought he was horrible uh, you know only a few years ago no I read his stuff and then go yeah that makes sense and I or if he you know links stuff then i check that and i go like yeah he's actually not wrong um he's actually interpreting this well so you know i i don't go i trust him because he's glenn greenwald or i trust this guy because he writes for the bbc or i trust this guy because he writes for the spiegel or you know even i trust this guy because he works for heiser 
and I'm the same. You can't just go Fab said that and you know I've been listening to him for 10 years and he is always right and or whatever. Nobody would say that I think about me. <laughs> um, you know, we're all wrong and you know just primary sources. That's why I try to link them whenever possible. And if I don't do that, please by no by all means call me out on it. Right? That's what the feedback section is for. And that's why I have contact links on the website, Private Citizen Press. Please, you know, if you uh, if you if you have a different opinion, if you want to correct me on something, if you want to praise me, if you want to berate me, if you have an idea for an episode, please contact me. Um, I uh, all of that is valuable. is also valuable uh, are all the people who help out getting this show on the air so to speak um, you know you're all producers if you write in with suggestions with corrections um, with praise you're a producer but there's also a the kind of producer who helps me monetarily which I kind of need to survive to be honest and um, yeah you can do that via I've, I talk about this a lot, so I'll just make it quick this time. Um, you know, you can, be, can become a patron on Patreon. You can use PayPal. All the details are on private citizen press in the episode, in every episode show notes. There is a, if you scroll down, there's a, yeah, uh, a subheading that says toss a coin to your podcaster and that explains how the value for value model works and what you can do to pitch in. And uh, all those people who have done that, I am very obliged I'm, I'm very much obliged to all of you i thank you all of you i thank all of you for your contribution so um thanks to george's steve hose butterbeans jonathan m heavy michael mullen jensen dave michael small one i one one g rodane rodane the insane Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Vlad, Bennett Piata, Tobias, Sandman616, Kai Sears, Mode7, Joe Poser, Fadi Mansour, Dirk Didi, Rizal, Avis, David Potter, Mika, Mr. Amish, Cam, Dave Amrish, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan, RJ Tracy, Rick Brack, Captain Egghead, Robert Forster, Superuser, SLC, D, No Reply, Ewan Curry, John Chandler and Robin Liebe and I would also like to thank all my Twitch subscribers even though I haven't streamed this live on Twitch for uh, scheduling reasons but uh, you all helped me run the show as well so uh, thanks to Mike the Dane JonathanMH.com Sandman616 Bacon the Pork Mode 7 is unavailable Nomt771 Water News XYZ MTE Sorrow El Terrestris Jim and Jonathan 4747. I don't know. Maybe a Star Trek fan there. Um, and also thanks to ByteMark at bytemark.co.uk. They're a British cloud hosting company who provide the servers that I use to bring you the audio files for this podcast so that it can be a completely independent podcast and not only on Spotify. And nobody can force me to pull those episodes down. So uh, thank you, ByteMark. Um, these guys, people like ByteMark, you know, they're actually uh, helping free speech here. They're champions of free speech, right? This is how you actually do it. So thank you, ByteMark. 
And that's it. I'm gonna gonna sign off with a song whose title has absolutely nothing to do with Neil Young. Uh, why would you? <laughs> why would you think so? Um, the um, of course the the the, the theme uh, song for this project is called Acoustic Roots by Ru Kabzali. Um, lovely song. But anyway, I'm gonna play us out. Got nothing to do with Neil Young. I'm gonna play us out with a song by John T. Graham featuring Leonard Lindbergh called Snake Old Salesman. And uh, I'll, I'll see you soon with another episode and I'm, I'm taking Grim February off. But uh, there'll be another episode, I promise. See you soon. Mm-hmm.